Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul, right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is Isabel Hunt. Well, what are we going to be talking about today, folks? Well, we're going to be talking about something that is actually really important. It's old, overcoming old programming to create deeper connections. And that old programming needs to be reprogrammed so you know how to make connections in your now and in your life. And we can do that if we don't keep carrying around with us all the old stuff because that gets in the way and it confuses new programming. And then we're still in this trapness of the past instead of embracing the now and opening our arms up to the future. So she says through stories and metaphors, um, Scientologist Isabel Hunt examines how our thoughts determine our ability or our inability to experience the meaningful connection for which every human is wired for. So let's switch on this wiring right now. I know very much how past memories can really uh, stop one from even looking at the nuggets that are in front of you because you're so much living in the past. So deprogramming is something we all have to do. But I think for many, many people as well, it's one of the hardest things to do. What do you think? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And yes, uh, deep programming, because um, it's actually interesting because I just had a, a call this morning uh, with a potential client and uh, she heard about the documentary that I'm currently working on the, um, called The Power of Connection. And she's like, well, how do I do that? How do I know what that deprogramming is? Like, what, what am I experiencing? What am I supposed to do with that? And so totally, if someone hasn't studied anything in terms of mid-quantum physics or even biology or doesn't even have much um, understanding of behavioral science as well as sociology and psychology, it can be really hard to grasp the idea of deep healing. Um, especially if you have more of an analytical brain. <laughs> yes. Then uh, that, that feeling part is like um, almost like a little ghost there hanging over you. It's your butt, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, oh, but what if, you know, and, and it's always that thing yeah. in the way completely all the time. Yeah, I know. So I think a lot of people don't even know what to look at when it comes to deprogramming. So for example, um, we had this conversation and suddenly she responded and she said, you know what? It's interesting. You're telling me all this and it so resonates with my heart, but I wasn't aware of it until yeah. you actually said it. And so uh, for people who, who, do some, who do work around healing and especially trauma healing, um, it is important just to talk about it because most likely it does resonate with people's soul uh, really deep down. It's just like, it's almost like this, this, um, weird skip of a heartbeat, you know, mm. like I just discovered something that, oh, wait a second. I actually already knew that. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about deep programming, it's, uh, 
it's like going into different rooms within your subconscious and we just have to know what what are certain topics or, or certain systems especially belief systems that create those programs that imprint um, and ingrain those information into our subconscious as well as conscious mind the things that we learn and so uh, the biggest part of deprogramming really is uh, the social conditioning, the, the programming set forth by government, by the school system, <laughs> by a religious institution. I've learned so much over the last years, especially um, in terms of spirituality and religion, that this made it really clear for me, at least for me, I don't know if everyone would agree, but for me, I really believe that the strict and very rigorous religious institutional um, settings, the requirements that you have to do this in order to experience this is what has created a programming of division and disconnection in the very first place. Yes, yes. We can't live our lives by somebody else's expectation. And, you know, our lives are our, our journeys and there are journeys to have, to explore, to see what we can do, where we can go with it. And we have to be open and we have to be open to what's in front of us right now. You know, how do I feel about the moment? But we've been brought up from the second we were born, being told how to behave, how to speak, how to do this, how, and, and no to everything. No, you can't do this. No, go. who do you think you are? You can't do that. No, no, no. And so that wanderlust of creativity that's dying to come out of us and explore, we don't get that opportunity to do that because society has dictated how yeah. we should live and what we should do. And we know that society does not thrive that way. It's the people that break free and step into their own beautiful presence are the people that are really are the creators and the leaders in life. Yes, it's, it's perfect timing, especially with what's happening right now. And, and um, uh, the, the topic currently is, is a lot about the, the, the racial division and mm. the overpowering, you know, like um, a lot of deaths of, of black people in this country, especially in the U.S. And I mentioned that as well. It's, it's so, it breaks my heart to see those yes. situations and at the same time, if you take a step back and really look at it from a bird's eye view, you can see the structures around that. Mm -hmm. It's almost like someone else is playing chess with the people in it through some of the syst systemic uh, programming over all of those years. And if you look at it from a very young age, uh, before we were even born, it, it is said that we... Uh, that babies in the womb already f experience emotion. They start to experience emotions around the five, six months mark. Uh, they say probably earlier than that, but they haven't been able to really detect that uh, scientifically. I Maybe believe they can't assuming... interview a baby the moment it came out. <laughs> no, when did you start getting this? <laughs> or, <laughs> I believe since uh, emotions are related to the heart and to the soul, mm -hmm. that a baby in the womb can already experience and distinguish between emotions subconsciously and unconsciously, like not 
obviously like the brain follows later, right? But can experience the energy of different emotions the minute the heart is uh, developed. Yeah. That is my understanding. Um, and so everything that's happening around them, the way the mother is responding to certain things on the outside, the stress level, how the father is involved, how the whole situation plays out without the baby even seeing or knowing physically what is going on, that already determines the first part of the programming. Um, with the, the egg and the sperm coming together, there's energy involved with that and the energy from both mother and father, as well as grandparents, everything yes. going down generation, Ancestral. generation, generation, yeah. right? Um, and so they're already at that stage of conception, they're already carrying around a, a, a ton of, yeah. of trauma, of, of energy that really hasn't much to do with them as an individual. Right. And then as soon as the heart is developed, um, they're experiencing more of that um, emotional energy that's coming from the mother and the father. And with the first breath, um, those energies are being ingrained into our DNA. They're becoming part of who we are in, within the physical realm, within the 3D experience of this life. And then um, we know it, you know, uh, how do we often look at children? They are just children. We have to make sure they obey, they behave, they do things a certain way. Um, I, I just had another conversation with someone where I said, you know, I have a six-year-old son and I do not want to look at him as just a child because I think on a soul level, yes. he is further developed than I am. So he would, on a soul level, on an energetic level, I think he, he could be the parent because he's yeah. teaching me so much. And most of the time that's the case. And that already brings up a lot of programming. You know, what we say to children, what we, how we talk to them, how we interact with them, how we show them respect. Uh, just the, 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 the little term of, hey, sweetie, what is wrong with you? If mm -hmm. they experience an, an emotion that is not happiness or joy you know if, if but, but it's just... also the tone you say it in yes but what's wrong with you that's a cross tone that is not invitational for anyone to actually open up to say what their concern is but it's like yeah. what's wrong what's wrong honey that is i care and i think we don't realize as adults our tonage that you know, as well, the, uh, but also the action. words. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I say that, in German, we don't necessarily have a term that would um, represent what is wrong. Um, it's more, we say it more in a way that says, hey, what do you need? Mm. Because the minute we say what is wrong with a child, they, they put that, they, they imprint yeah. it into their brain. As, so <laughs> the way I feel now is not okay. So there must be something wrong with right. me. So I shouldn't be feeling this way. And so uh, even with my son from the very beginning, we always said, Hey, what do you need? And he's very much aware of his needs for the most part already as he can articulate that um, at his age. And so that is already starting like this deprogramming that so many are not even aware. I have been made wrong for the way I feel. Mm. I have been made wrong for not reaching a goal that my parents were really happy for me to reach or for me to wanting to wanting for me to reach that or to accomplish that. Um, the, the subtle uh, expectations 
even if we say, and I'm guilty of that, because as a parent, you want the best for your child yeah. and you think the best is um, a good education or being able to express themselves or whatever it is. Um, and it's hard to not get attached to that our children are not ours. They we're just here to guide each other. Custodians. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that term. Yes. And that already um, really is, is part of the program. So each year that we live, we add on like Lego blocks. Yes. Uh, yes. We create another um, Lego structure every year. We add more to that and we just live our lives. And most of it of, that's in the subconscious doesn't really come to the forefront. Doesn't really come to the consciousness, to the awareness of everyday's life. And depending on where you grew up and, and how aware your parents were, that determines how we respond uh, within a hierarchical system uh, to other people that are different than us, that are not like us. We have already within this mindset as, oh, my parents are superior to me. I have to obey them. Mm -hmm. I'm not really worth that much at this time. I have to earn my worth to become an adult. And as soon as we become an adult, I'm like, oh, now I'm worthy of yeah. being seen, of being acknowledged. However, for all of our life, we knew that someone can only be worthy or deemed worthy if someone else is less. Yes. There's always and this, you can't if, make if I want to win, someone else has to lose, lose. otherwise yes. I'm not winning. Yeah. But it's also, um, you know, we, we tell them that they've got to make better choices, but we don't yeah. respect the choices that they make. You know, I mean, I have yes. three children all in their 30s now, and I would say to them, okay, if you're going to walk the tightrope, make sure you've got something to fall under. If you're going to walk on the edge and test your limits, are you willing to pay the price? You know, my son skipped school one day and went on this swing thing above this ravine, lost his footing, went all the way down the embankment, woke up with his leg behind him. He'd snapped his oh. femur in the heart. That oh. was a consequence. He pushed yeah. too far. He, his instincts even said to him, no, no, you haven't got the right footing. Come off that. And somebody said to him, but my girlfriend can do it. So immediately ego stepped in. Mm. Right. Yes. And, but that was the, the lesson. I pushed too far. I didn't listen to my instincts. And for me, it's always, they've fallen off that cliff quite a few times. And I was there to say, okay, what did you learn from this? You know, you're an idiot. You know that. Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay. What did you learn from this? Now let's get back up on our feet again. And we are going to fall down and we don't need, you know, we're already hurting. We already feel embarrassed. We don't need somebody coming in persecuting you for it. It's like, well, was that smart? <laughs> okay. What are we going to do? Roll up our sleeves and let's deal with the situation. And that's making them accountable for their choices. Well, I always say to my son, did that align with your heart? Mm. Um, especially when it's about a, a mental, emotional uh, issue or challenge, uh, or if he treats someone else in, in a way that I wouldn't approve of, yeah. I would always ask him, so did that align with your heart? Did that feel good to you? Um, and most of the time he's like, no, that really didn't feel good. Like I really try to explain to him the difference or make him understand, like often we play role. Uh, we role play. We, um, I, I played two different or three different um, scenarios through with him. And, um, and then I asked him, so which one did feel the best to you? Like, which really made you feel mm -hmm. good? And usually it is the one that is aligned with love. And 
um, the same with, with consequences. Is this what you were hoping to yeah. get out of this when you yeah. do this? Is this what um, you really wanted to experience? Is this something that you needed to experience to learn something about yourself? We go to bed every night asking him, what did you learn about yourself today? And that has become, he's getting a little annoyed by it. Why do you always <laughs> ask me this? I'm like, one day you will thank me for it because this awareness that you have about yourself now will help you as an adult to really have an impact in the way you respond to other people. Yeah. Um, but you know, and, you, you know, one of the things you're talking about is, you know, communication mm-hmm. and we have a hard time communicating with people because I believe that we're always coming from this expectation. What does this person want me to be? You know, what, what, what does this person mean to me? You know, there's a distrust or there's a not feeling worthy enough to be worthy, to communicate with that person, to connect with them. And there are so many people, I mean, like, you know, a brilliant show I did on narcissism. And of course, narcissism is coming from that child that never learned empathy or love yes. or how to connect with their heart. And it's me, myself and I at everybody's expense and they cannot see it. But teaching children right from the word go, you know, um, the petting of the cat or the dog, respect to someone else, share your toys, all of that yes. type of thing is teaching them that in sharing, it is caring which leads to kindness and to love, which makes yes. everybody feel so much better. But if we haven't been taught that, right, either it's narcissism or it's just that disconnect where you never feel worthy enough to connect with someone. Well, I don't know. I mean, with, why would they want to connect with me? Or I don't know how to connect with people because I don't know who I am that I'm bringing to the table. Yes. I think that the growing up and then as an adult, the, especially when people get to the point where they really can say, okay, I do want to do the work. I do want to dig a little deeper and understand mm-hmm. more of the programming that's happening. A good way to start this journey, which again, it's, it's not a cakewalk no. and it's not, but it also doesn't have to be a, a journey of suffering. Like no. I think there, there's two ways. Um, a lot of people think the more you suffer, the more honorable it is and the more powerful your journey is, which is not true because that's why we're divinely connected and we can mm-hmm. ask for the su- divine support um, throughout the healing process. We're not here to suffer the whole, the whole time. We, we suffer as much as we want and right. as we choose yeah. to. Yeah, It's facing um, the challenges, daily challenges. The you know, more, yeah. Yes, and the more we resist it, the more we will suffer because yeah. it's our soul communicating, hey, when will you learn that lesson? So I think an easy way or not an easy way, but, but the best way that I have found to start out this journey is to pay attention to what feels good and what does not feel great. Um, Mm -hmm. People who, who make that choice that they want to discover more about themselves already in a state of um, responsibility. Most of them are able to take responsibility and say, okay, this, what I just did wasn't really great. It wasn't really aligned with love. Um, and to, to figure really out over time, okay, what are some of the programmings that I need to heal personally? What is some of the trauma that I need to heal is to pay attention to, um, how do I respond to certain people? What are thoughts that come up when I see as a, a woman who is overweight, when I see a black guy, do I start to feel frightened? Do I start yes. to to tighten up or my muscles are just really tense when I get into situations like that? Is my first thought, oh my gosh, hopefully they're not carrying a gun mm-hmm. or are they going to be aggressive, you know? Um, 
there was this uh, story on the news about this woman who was walking her dog and there was this black guy who said, hey, would you mind putting your dog on the leash? Because Granny was my mad. She got so freaked out that she called the police on him. Yes. And, and that is a horrible situation at the she same time. She since retracted and apologized for that. Thank goodness. Did, did she? I yes, she did. It, but yeah. It's actually, um, when you look at it from my perspective as a sociologist, it's actually a really good example of her first thought that yes. the programming that is oh. that showed up within her, but instead of stopping herself and, and taking a look for a second, is that actually appropriate? Does that really, is that in the, in the, in the sphere of logic? Like, does that even make sense? Did he really just respond as the, the way I thought I heard him? Um, that shows a lack of, of awareness that she showed oh. instead of, that awareness level she reacted yes and then she saw the consequences and she saw that i mean she was called out with her entire name and address yes. online you know she saw the repercussion from from her actions um but we don't have to get have we don't have to get it to the point where we see repercussion in such a horrible way as well, because again, then what happened to her creates another trauma. Right, exactly. And what exactly. happened to him just reinforced his trauma, you know, right. the way, well, people, white people are not, can't be trusted. They would just call the police. I right. can't say a word. We, yeah. we can't speak out, you know? Yeah. There's so, so much reinforcement of that trauma, but it's a, a good example from my perspective, just watching it, what it means to respond from a place of trauma on both sides and from a place of um, programming, deprogramming. She probably watches the news every single day, yeah. and that's an assumption, who knows if that's true, but let's just pretend it's true. Um, seeing how uh, most of the time it, it's a story that is not actually aligned or not in favor of, of people of different color, um, of, of different um, nationalities, you know. And, and when you watch that, it starts to program, even if you're not aware, you think, oh, I know this is just news. But if you hear that every single yes. day, it becomes a subconscious reaction to your outside world. If she wouldn't have this programming she would have not responded she would have been like oh yeah i'm sorry i totally forgot or he doesn't like to be on the leash or he was just pulling out my arm so i just yeah. left it you know it could have been a conversation or just no conversation whatsoever she could have just chosen to ignore him that probably would have been better than what she did <laughs> but um but, but, but you know but her fear as you said is programmed in yes. um i was living in washington dc back in 76 and um, I was living in Maryland um, and mm -hmm. I had gone into town one day and I was coming out and I took a wrong turn and I ended up kind of on this, this street and I was trying to get back to the highway to get back to Maryland. And um, I saw some guys of color sitting there and I wound down my window, you know, can you tell me please? And I thought, okay, um, I know I left South Africa a lot to do with the apartheid and apartheid was still very strong at that time. So I wanted to make sure nothing of my South African accent came through that just the British one did. And I ran down the window and asked them, you know, if they could tell me how to, where I need to get. Suddenly one is six and big, you know, African American dudes kind of standing there and where am I from? Da -da 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 -da. A nice little chat. And I'm just talking kind of innocent and, ditzy which i used my ditzy blondness a lot back then and, 
and they put me on the path. When I got home, because it's long before cell phones or pages, I'm hours late. Um, I was sharing a house with a historian. She had called her cop friend because she was really worried about me. When I told them where I went and how I'd taken a wrong turn and they had helped me get back on the road, the guy said, you went where? You, you spoke to whom? He said, not even the cops go down there. It's not safe. And I said, but I didn't pose any threat. So no threat yeah. was imposed upon me. Yes. Right now, if you've got somebody who's high or somebody who's just plain angry or somebody really intent to commit a crime, then, yeah, you, you know, your defenses need to go up and do whatever you need to do. The cynicism is there. It's got yes. nothing to do with their color. It's, it's their genetic makeup. But if for us to look at everybody, black, white, pink, polka dot, and immediately slot them in, well, that one's lazy, that one's angry, that one's yes. this, that one's that. It's like, it's a pigment of our skin. We're all a part of the culture and the culture and, needs to change. And something that we have to understand as well, there are a lot of people with very goodwill, you know, yes. people who, who say, I don't want this to continue, but then they overcompensate. It's almost like I have to like, almost like forcefully make sure that they know that I have broken that kind of programming. Um, but when that happens, you know that you're actually responding within your programming. There's yeah. still this guilt and shame connected within the matrix, like within that story that you are have created, you know, there, there hasn't been a resolve. You know, when you have when you have worked through that kind of programming when you don't even care like it's it's almost like um there's my husband and there's you i don't like any difference in how i talk to you or how i talk to my husband i respect you the same way i respect him and the same way i respect my son um and that doesn't mean that we can't acknowledge or that we have to that, that we that we can't um see what is actually happening right it is absolutely reality for people um I, I can feel even the fear if i just even get into my car will i be stopped because maybe mm. i ran over a, a, a stoplight or something just nothing even maybe even nothing and and die yeah. for doing nothing there yeah. is this fear of death and then at the same time on the other side there's this fear of losing authority of losing power of mm. of this egoic greed of attachment to to the system we mm -hmm. are in charge and you are not and the more people that we think we're superior to revolt against that the more we feel we have to demonstrate that power and we all do it in different settings. It mm. could be simply with your friends. It could be with your with your family, immediate family, you know. Or it could be within a, a greater understanding of how communities are responding and different nationalities responding to each other. It's very fascinating for me as a sociologist to, to watch that, to observe that. Um, and sometimes I really have to remind myself not to get attached because I mean, some of it is just really horrible and, and, Oh, it makes your heart bleed just yes. to watch the, yes. the injustice. Um, but you know, you know, going back to this fear thing <clears throat> from the word go, hmm. we've been taught what to be afraid of. It's all part of that control. Yeah. Um, you know, each religion will tell you they are the religion and you can't even look at another religion because God will cast you down. Each yes. government will tell you what you're worth by your economics. 
right? Or yes. by or by your um, grades or by your degrees or um, or by your bank, you know, what's in the bank. Um, and we're being taught to be afraid of everything. So how do we actually discern when there is something to be afraid of? You know, I know for me that um, if I do feel up my spine, this is one to pay attention to. You know, yes. I can feel it. That is, that's something saying there's something out there or there's somebody, something in this person and I can sense it. Don't know what it is, but I'm on guard. But if you're in a fear state all the time because you're being controlled, how do you know? As you say, it's just programming. You're black, I'm meant to be afraid of you. Right? Yes. You're Arab, you're meant to be afraid of you. You're Rakan, Syrian, I'm meant to be afraid of you. Right? So that's the programming. That's, that's got nothing to do with instinctual fear. That is taught fear. So yes. how are you going to know when your instincts are right? Because you're living in a state of fear all the time. If you're constantly living in a state of fear, it's like muscle memory. Your mm -hmm. entire body and nervous system is, is, is remembering every single day to, to exactly um, respond chemically as well as, as mentally, emotionally, and physically to that perceived fear. Um, I noticed when someone is not in a place where they can acknowledge that fear, you can't get to them. They don't even know. They will give you all kinds of excuses why this is not true, um, why they're very much aware. Um, if, if you find yourself and you watch or someone tells you that you're always trying to justify everything that you do, or you know, if someone respectfully calls something out, like, hey, have you noticed this? Or you keep saying this, and I don't think this is great. If you always feel you are responding in a defensive way, that's when you know you are responding from a constant state of fear. Yeah. But again, if you're so wrapped up in it, you will not notice that. It's the same if yeah. people is always justifying that someone doesn't love them. This person can say however often they want that they love them. The people can't hear it that person wouldn't be able to recognize this, to, to hear even the words, even though they desperately want to hear it. Um, but they can't, they can't hear that because they don't have love of self. How do you know what love is? How do you invite that same vibration of love back from someone else if we don't have it for ourselves, if we don't yeah. have self-respect, if we don't have self-value, if we don't have a meaningful purpose? We are constantly in seeking or trying to validate ourselves. And, you know, for a long time, I was the people's person. I'd be whatever they wanted me to be. And mm -hmm. then I would feel my own spiritual presence going, what the hell are you doing, Sarah? This is costing you. Yeah. Look, you're bending backwards. Your spine is hurting to please these people for them to like you. They either like you or they don't like you for who you are. That you're never going to please them if you have to be something else for them. Yes. And it's just, it's very interesting. Um, the power dynamics that play out when we start to evolve. And I yeah. think a lot of people um, may even be aware that, that there's some programming that they understand maybe even to where to look or that things don't feel right. But what keeps them often in that place of awareness or non-awareness is the the fear around what would be next for me um would people in my life suddenly leave that i don't want them to leave mm. i experienced that with my spiritual journey i've been married for over 10 years or 10 years now and um 
when I got really like detached from religious institutional teachings, um, I, my first thought was if I get even deeper into that, if I go really down the rabbit hole, mm. is my husband going to leave me? Mm. And so I was very close to just leaving it at that and just like, oh, whatever. I'm just not going to go any deeper into that. I'm fine. I can be content with what I have now. That's how I understand the word. Yeah, getting complacent and, um, and, and just being that. And, mm. and I noticed that fear. And, and when, I, when, I got, when I noticed that fear, I was like, okay, what is going on here? Mm. Why, why do I have this fear? If I do dig deeper and he does leave me, then obviously he we're not on the same path. Right. If if that is something that would trigger him or he doesn't want to be challenged himself to think bigger, to think outside the box. And um at the same time, I was probably speaking to his fears as well, you know, it was some of his whole old programming. But the deeper I duck, especially in the in the realm of spirituality and really understanding the divine oneness, um, the more he was like, Yeah, that really does speak to my heart and this does really resonate. Uh, but that fear of losing him over my journey, I was so close to not yeah. actually taking it. And I think that's for many people. I, it, uh, it I build a life for myself. Mm -hmm. I built this for myself. If I were to just tear down the walls of everything I've known, of all that old programming, would I be able to recreate something new? Would I be able to recreate a, a new castle, a subconscious castle mm -hmm. within myself, beautiful, that is aligned with divine love, that is aligned with kindness and connection, within the same uh, physical area, you know, like the, the same physical, uh, like the people that are in it, like your husband or your wife or your children, you know, um, if that's possible. And, and I always told myself that we're on this journey for a reason. I have them in my life for a reason. So if this is where my path is taking me and where my soul is leading me, then this is also happening for yes. a reason. And for many people who take those steps outside of this original programming, uh, they often are uh, seen as, as role models. I have watched you for quite a while. And even though I didn't say anything, I, I can now resonate with you. Can I talk with you about yes. this? You feel like you're safe as someone who is safe to talk to about things that really go on within myself because you lived it out. You talked about it openly. Um, but that's that's the thing is um, and that's you know, the beauty like, of that's the beauty of it. down like, this programming yeah is. yeah I mean it's in our way and you know um, in my case um, I've always been a spiritual being having a hard time living a human life and the human life was always looking for that approval and doing 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 and uh, yeah. trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be and then it came to a point where I have to honor my soul I have to honor my spirit I have to be true to who I am and I had to go back into alignment yes. and I, I literally said to people I'm I'm on this journey I cannot live like this anymore and um, it did break my marriage up because mm -hmm. what my marriage was from his own statement it was about control I've lost control over you yes and I said well there you understand why the relationship it cannot go any further because I'm not yours to control you yes. are meant to be a partner in my life we're meant to honor each other we're meant to look forward to the future and uh, in, in with our kids growing up and, and looking, you know, always for me, it's like, can I live with you after the kids are gone? 
right? And realize we're on two separate paths. And the gift that we gave each other were the three beautiful children and, you know, some happiness in some of the years there. But sometimes it's okay to say goodbye. It's not a failure. I didn't have a failure of a marriage. It's just that both of us took two separate paths and I could not keep myself down anymore. Yes. To try and be something that wasn't even pleasing the wrong like not the wrong way it, it was a lesson apparently that you had to go through mm -hmm. to get to the point where you're at now right but i also think if you would have had that awareness before that you may have not even entered that but then you also yes. wouldn't have had your children you i know? wouldn't have had my children so, so you give us so, for the kids yes yes so and 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 our children teach us so much in yes. life and and they choose us as as their parents so there's always a reason for things that happen. And there have been so many situations where I, where I look back and said, if I would have just listened to my heart and to my intuition, I knew it was wrong. And yet I still walked this path because I had an attachment to how I thought my life is supposed to exactly. unfold, you know, yeah. how, how things are supposed well, you wanted, to Well, you wanted to, to control be. it. And, and sorry, we know that um, the only form of control is no control at, at all. Surrender. But see, here it is. Um, deep state programming is yeah. most often about control. If you yes. feel the need to control your story, if you feel the need to control someone, even if it's your children, you know you're responding from a deep programming perspective. Yeah. Yeah. From something that you have been taught from trauma, uh, from, from the way you observed other people live their life. Every time... Even if you're trying to control yourself, even if you're trying to control your own path, that is coming from a place of, of fear, from a place of non-trust into divine guidance of uh, the control, you know? It's, yep. it's, it's fascinating how control and programming really do. Right. What, what? And that's how we created a, um, a hierarchy. Yeah. In the world, we need this hierarchy to be able to control. Well, bad luck, yeah. you just ended up on the bottom of it. Well, right. too bad, you right. just have to deal with it, you know, those kind of things. But the thing is, is when you do let go, mm. and you know, we, we seem to live our lives through clenched fists and clenched bodies, mm. you know, being afraid and should we do it? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, it would be nice to do it, but you know, and we're constantly wasting time doing that, and we can talk ourselves out of anything. Right. But yeah. if we took the deep breath, allowed the oxygen to go right through the body to be calm and go, I allow. Take me, let move my first foot. Where am I going? It's magic. I surrender. It is magic. It and is the thing magic. is, it's like what you're doing in deprogramming people is showing them how to listen to their own internal heart, spirit and soul guidance. Yes. Right. That's not control because everything is free will. But it's the knowledge that we take with us. So, you know, coaches, counselors, people that are there to guide people. It's all about the knowledge that you give them to put in their backpack to take on their own journey. So they're more equipped to deal with whatever they need to deal with that yes. one step in front of the other. But no manual. Right. No destination. No. I'm just going to take this journey. And maybe you've got several chapters in life that you would like to accomplish. I'd like to do this in my life. I'd like to do that in my life. Yes. And if that's written in your life story, you will be led there. But don't dictate how you should get there. 
because I guarantee you won't. <laughs> yes. And deprogramming really is also connected to emotional awareness. Mm. Um, we have been taught that we have to experience a certain way of emotion. Like if we, if this shows up symptoms or how your body responds, this is the emotion connected to this. Um, and eventually I sit down and I said, well, does that even make sense? If everything is energy and mm -hmm. our body responds emotionally to certain situation, does that mean we all had the same past experiences? Therefore, we have the same emotional reactions to things. Yeah. Um, and they show up in the same way. And uh, what I've noticed is that the, the best way and the most uh, powerful way to deprogram some of this old stuff within your subconscious is to become aware of your emotional reactions, of their emotions and their messages and really understanding your emotions as friends. In our documentary, we, we uh, call them the guardians of your soul and we created mm. avatars to make it visual for people that they can be your friends. You can literally envision anger in front of you as, I don't know, maybe your favorite animal or a, a person, whatever you want that resonates with you and have those conversations. What am I missing? What am I responding to? What am I reacting to? And we can always ask the divine for clear answers mm -hmm. to show us through pictures, depending on how you learn best and how you take in information. And that's something you have to be aware of how you learn best. If it's maybe through words by others or something that you see online or that you see in nature, for me, it's pictures. I need pictures yes, yes. for me to, yep. to understand a certain message. Mm -hmm. um, and I ask for those. I ask very clearly, please, God, show me clearly in pictures the message that this emotional reaction is uh, trying to teach me, trying to uh, convey to me. Um, and it's been so powerful because immediately you shift your vibration from a lower vibrating understanding of the emotion, for example, anger or sadness or grief or shame, um, to the minute you make him your friend, you're already shifting the energy around it. And you yes. can hear the message. Uh, it's a very powerful way of being. And eventually your brain will respond to that as well and no longer be in that constant fear state of things, but more in this observant state yeah. uh, where you can watch, where you b become aware, where you don't have to react right away to things. Right. Um, like, or if you do, you know, you know, like we have to understand where our emotions are an indication of what we're facing at that moment of how we're feeling to a situation. So why am I feeling angry right now? Why am I feeling panicked right now? You know, deduce why. And if you can't see a reason why, then brush it off and off you go or otherwise deal with it, but don't become emotional about it. You know, because you're in anger or because you're in fear, doesn't mean you become emotional and put everything up to, you know, 10. It, it's yeah. about you're there for a reason. Take a deep breath and look at the situation. What does this emotion telling me right now? And we're yes, not meant to live in distance the whole time. It, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're scared of our emotions, aren't we? You know, we're, we're scared to be emotional. Because, okay, so why I think we're scared of them is because everything that we experience today, all of the division started with the, with the thinking that we are separated from a divine love from the divine light from from everything that is right um that created that that disconnection and emotional uh, emotions are very spiritual gifts yes they're incredibly spiritual gifts that connect us to our soul like i i state the guardians of our soul 
But if we are still in shame and guilt mm. of deep down the separation from the divine, always trying to prove that, that we're on the right way, the proof of that we are good people, you know, that the proof, um, anything, anytime you want to prove something, uh, that, that, that adds to that fear. So if we're somehow afraid of the acknowledgement of oneness with the divine, we're automatically also afraid of the emotions that would lead us to that reconnecting to the divine. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah. I mean, we're afraid of the unknown, right? And, and stepping into your soul, heart, and spirit is an unknown thing until you've learned to connect with them you know so many yeah. people just use from the head up and this is data this is information and that information will always have a question to it yes, yes. but what if but yeah that this but that sit on your butt let your soul ignite let it resonate with your heart and truth and let it speak to your spirit and action and your mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it but if we don't trust that intellect of the soul heart and spirit we're only getting one cylinder of information when we ignite all of it, we've got four cylinders working for us. And now our body actually is like ready to take things on and unclunches because we're now in trust. Yes. And if anyone is really afraid of the unknown, um, I think it's the awareness of that no matter what we do in life, the ultimate goal is just being, like literally mm -hmm. sitting in, in this beautiful light of love. So if there's if there's un if there's no clarity in between where you're at in that state, at least you know where you're going. <laughs> yes, I, I I think if we could switch on our, our adventurism, yes. our explorer, you know, exploring side, the curiosity, and and go, oh, I wonder what's down this road. Let's go and suss it out. And you may go down that road again. You know, this is not for me. I'm going to divert off and go on to a different road. But if you're not willing to be adventurous you know, to, to step into the creativity of life and, and explore yeah. it, that you are denying your own life's journey. Yes. I mean, even Jesus told us, he said, yeah. be like the children. Yeah. Be like the children. And we forget that, what that means, being playful, being in the moment, um, experiencing what we're experiencing completely. Have a tantrum, throw one, if that helps you, you know, <laughs> just don't, don't let it out on someone else. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a way of maturity, right? I uh, mean, a friend of mine used to go before, jogging up to this one bridge every morning and then just scream her lungs out on the bridge. You know? There you go. That's <laughs> so perfect. Whatever, whatever you need to do. Some people might get up and dance. Some people may jog. Yes. Yeah, find out where is your release, right? And release. Let yeah. it go. Yes. And, and that you, you only need the intention about it. Like I'm setting the intention that I can let go of this anger or that I can let go of this, this emotion that seems to be trapped right here around my lungs. I had that um, at the beginning of this year, I had a really bad cough. Who knows what that was? Um, <laughs> could be related to our current situation, but I had this, this really bad cough and I, I could barely talk without coughing. And uh, one of my healer friends, she said, Isabel, I think it's about anger. You, you took on some anger. Some anger came up for you that stuck in your lungs. I'm like, you're right, because I was, I was going for a jog and I could smell all the, the darn um, dryer sheets 
smell. And it made me angry because it's, it's horrible for the environment. Yes. It's horrible for the air. And I didn't want to breathe it in. And I was like, yeah, you breathe that deeply into your lungs and it turned into anger. And so I took the time and I really acknowledged the divine within me that I have the power over this anger and that I have the power to release that as well. And my friend helped as well. She's like, let me help you with that because it seems pretty heavy. And within 24 hours, the, the cough was gone. Um, it, it, it's simply a, a setting the intention and really meaning it and not like setting the intention like, oh, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. Well, who yeah. knows what's going to happen? But I'm setting the intention. <laughs> you you have to set the intention within the place of trust. You yeah. can even, if you imagine... When you release something, you can imagine this. Um, you have a ring. Um, imagine you're stepping into a ring that is the ring of trust. You're safe in this ring. And this, this allows you to just create space for where you're at and what you want to do eventually, right? So you're just creating this ring of trust around you. And then within that, you can say divine activate trust and safety within every single cell of my body, activating the ring around me and then set the intention to really letting this go and just being um, expectant in what could come after that miracles, health, uh, relationships open up. I don't know, maybe nothing will happen, but that's also not bad. Maybe you will see results from that down the road. Yeah. But I think if we can just create like small visuals like this, it will help us to, to feel safe within that discovery journey of, of all those, those deeper programming, the trauma, the generational. Um, if, if someone is, is, has a, a, is black and, and, um, or from any other nationality, you pretty much know that there is a lot of this uh, slavery trauma that still is carried down generation to generation. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the situation that we have today. For me, it is being German. Um, the generational trauma for me is Nazi Germany. That has hung on to me for a very, very long time. I always felt very guilty. I was very ashamed of being German for a long time. Um, but it, it helped me hostage. It helped mm. me hostage until I had to notice, oh, this is part of my history from where I'm from. Um, somehow it is connected to me and I need to forgive myself and I need to forgive those who, who were part of that collective energy that created all the suffering. Um, there is a sense of responsibility when you have those generational trauma hanging on to you. It's the um, same thing of people imposing. You know, I was in Greece in 75 and I was on the island of uh, Corfu. Um, and um, there was myself, it was just as the season was opening up in the spring and the, a lot of young Germans came by. And the Greeks didn't like them being there, you know, didn't want to serve them, do anything. They're young. They're in their teens or early 20s. They didn't have anything to do with the war. We have to, at some point, stop fighting the battle. The battle is gone. Yeah. Are you still a victim of that battle? And, unknowingly. And, and, a lot of them yeah. unknowingly. Yeah. 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 And then what does that do? You know, hate an innocent person that's done you no harm just because they're German or you're passing judgment. And there's a wonderful series on Netflix right now called Hollywood. And it's about them trying to make this film with a leading black lady written by a black scriptwriter, 
and it's at that time just after the war and you know and black people had to play maids oh well, yes sir no sir you know and that was it and it was that breakthrough and the people that were against it and it it stayed with me kind of i'm not going to give what the end scene is but it stayed with me because it's how much do we lose in life how much talent, how much wisdom, how much wonderful knowledge that we need to hear and experience do we lose? Because somebody comes along in their biasness, in their ignorance, and in their hate and destroys it. And, and vibrationally, as well as in voice, we need to put it out there that this can be no more. I very much wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. I mean, um, we, we are all uh, driven by our ego still unless you have been going up in light you still have your ego present yes <laughs> and we don't have to diminish that or it's not necessarily bad or good it's just really working with your ego and acknowledging right. oh, okay this is where i'm coming from right now i can forgive myself or i'm sorry this is not your place right now because it can also protect us right yeah. um from harm physical harm especially and um it's just a, an acknowledgement of, of, hey, I do have my faults. I'm not always right. I, I can be wrong, but I can also admit to be wrong. Um, I am driven by a certain biases and I haven't quite figured it out what it is or why it is. You know, those just simple acknowledgements can open up doors for communication, for conversation about, hey, let's, let's just be curious about each other. What is your experience mm. about that? Um, and also to embrace the fact that yeah. us being perfectly imperfect is what makes us unique. Yeah. There is only you, there is only me. And if we look at the 7 trillion, what it is, people in this world, they're all unique. We're not meant to be drones or droids. You know, you will, have, what is it? You will be simulated. It's not about that. It's like there are millions and millions of cell structures in our body. But each one of those cells has an identity and a job to do. If any of those cells break down, they start breaking down the cellular structure. Yes. So it's the same of us in society. Let's look upon us as an important cell. Do our job. Keep ourselves healthy and plump. So we're part of that collective energy of helping people rise up. Yes. So tell us more about the documentary. What, where are you at with it and where yes. do you hope to be soon? Uh, yes, uh, the documentary is called The Power of Connection. Um, we have an, a fabulous team of nine people, videographers and um, cinematographer and script writers and animators, it's illustrators. It's uh, people from all over the world, literally from Bangladesh, Taiwan, Kenya, um, Austria, Germany, Ukraine, um, then here from the U.S., obviously, and me from Germany. And so it's, it's very... Um, Elective. Yes, I love the energy around this yeah. entire project because that's what it was meant to be. Uh, we finished filming. Um, we, we, we're starting out with telling a story that I have experienced. And from that story, we're stepping into our subconscious. We do open uh, different doors within our subconscious to explore more of that. Um, asking questions, asking the deeper questions and opening up conversation in the process. But also talking about this, how spirituality has a place 
within this this discovery and how um, religion has kept us from even connecting on such a deep level as the soul because people who are very connected to their soul cannot be manipulated or barely manipulated or not as easily manipulated as people who are not aware and people who have power who are at the top of a hierarchy of a uh, authoritarian system don't want people to have power. The, the most powerful um, scenario that you will ever see is someone who is so powerful within their spiritual understanding um, that anyone who is not there yet, but it touches their soul in some way, but it, it makes them so them. afraid that they always react yeah. with violence yeah. and respond with violence because, oh, that is the biggest threat. Powerful spiritual people are the biggest threat to any system. That is something that we want to really draw out from this entire documentary. We're done filming most of it, unless during editing, sometimes, you know, come up with some more ideas. But we started putting together the files. The goal is to have uh, the raw cut done by July so that we can submit it to some film festivals for this year still. And then... um, yeah, hopefully have this all done by late summer and early fall. We had a bit of a hiccup with the COVID going on, so we couldn't film and couldn't get stuff done. <laughs> but it's going in, in, in incredibly well. As so many people that just said yes, because this is a passion project. And um, this truly is a project that where it shows the power of collaboration, where money is not the determining factor of if this is going to be a success or not. Right. Just so much when it comes to success, we make uh, dependent on how much money can you spend? How much money can you uh, pay people to make this a success? This is an incredible project that really shows the power when everyone steps into their gifts and, and knows their skill set and wants to contribute in one way or another. And at the same time, trusting that what I give, I will receive something in return, whatever that is and however that looks like. And this is such a beautiful example of of this kind of collaboration and what I love so much about this project. It was a crazy idea, crazy people Mm -hmm. jumped on board and who knows what will happen with it, but I'm hoping that it at least will uh, create really deep conversations uh, about uh, the programming that we just talked about, about some of the thoughts that we have toward other people that we weren't even aware of in the moment, um, about self-awareness, but also about how we react from a spiritual and emotional, more of an emotional perspective. And I think it's, it's, it's a really powerful conversation to have. I think actually the pause right now is good because, you know, come September, October in the fall, um, as we gradually come out and phase two of the virus is out and done, hopefully, um, (laughs) what we're looking at then is there is so much, uh, there is no back to normal. It's a new norm. Now, the planet has shown us how it can survive without us, how it thrives without us and the animal kingdom. Um, It's shown us that the people that we look down on the people of service, you know, our garbage collector, the person who works at the store, of course, is our, our medical and frontliners and everything else, of how much they have stepped up for us and who are the true value because we've placed these CEOs, Fortune 500s, being the most important exactly. people, yeah. and they are not. Uh, the people that grease the grind, 
that work the grind are the important people. They are what keeps everything going. And we've already shifted that value. We've already shifted that perspective. And we are celebrating and in gratitude of people for their everyday contribution. And so we're already seeing this wonderful shift coming about. And then when your documentary comes up, it's going to solidify the thinking of that shift that's been nudging them along. At least there will along. be more people who are open to this yes, message, yes. who are open to receiving it. Yes. And that's, that's why this, I mean, we never in, never in this world would have ever thought about that this is where we're heading when we came up with the idea last August. I mean, I had the script already done for almost a year, year and a half. And then it really started to take on form in August. And that's when we started to create the team in September. So then nobody could have known yeah. what is, is ahead of us and how perfect this is all like playing out for us and how this is coming together. It's, it's just beautiful how when you listen to that divine voice, to that mm-hmm. intuition, I had no right to do this film because I'm not, I'm not, I, that's not my education. You, I never, I don't know how to do any of this, but I have incredible people who know how to, and they just jumped on board. And I just said, yes, I said, all right, um, I don't know why I have this idea, why the script is here, but I'm saying yes. And the moment I said yes, everyone else said yes and came on board and I didn't have to worry about it. I get all the information the moment I need them. And it has been the last seven months exactly that every time i needed the exact information i received it yeah because you're in open one to way receiving. or another yeah you're open to receiving and, and that's, that's the thing that open up uh, uh you know our channels and open to receive yes. i call that the knowingness right mm-hmm. it's something that's downloaded to us for us yeah. to comprehend to get put our hearts behind and to step in you know into action over and if we step into that allowing and, uh, and allow our alignment to happen we are given the information we need when we need it and yes. we just go with the flow. Um, we do ourselves such an injustice by living in old programming or living in, in society's dictation in abstaining from taking any, con- not control, but um, choice in life. And the more we are willing to choose our own path, willing to go through the process, whether it be painful or not, whether it be short or long, that's your journey to have. But once you have stepped on the other side and you've become, the beautiful imperfect perfect you with your beautiful instrument that you're playing and now you're looking for that orchestra to join it resonates out to everyone it becomes a hallelujah ha moment for everyone it's, yeah and everything just becomes a beautiful learning experience it's like you're going to school and you absolutely love going to school every single day because you have those amazing adventures going mm-hmm. on you have this there's experiences with other people. You get to ask questions about life and how things work, you know? That is how I want to see the world, how I want to wake up every morning and say, I'm going to school today, but I'm having so much fun. I don't ever want to leave it. I want to stay. I want to stay here and I want to learn and I want to be curious and I want to understand more of what drives me, what what has been attached to me, what is the karmic debt that I have to resolve and heal and actually do the work. And if I don't know, I will ask for help. Yes. Uh, There will be teachers coming into my classroom when exactly I ask for it. And when you're ready, the teacher will appear, right? Yes. And of course, they're the best teachers are the people that have learned it for themselves. You've gone through the process. You know what they're going through. You know what to show them, what markers to look out for, you know, and what skills and tools to use to apply to their life. 
because you've gone through it and you're on that other side showing them you know this is a, a beautiful valley over here come and join us yeah but, but I think um, even though we, we can show people how this feels, like I think we can always just express, this is how I feel. This is how I experience the world. If you want to experience this, a state of, of non-control, we'll find some tools for you that work yeah. for you. And we'll, we'll ask the right questions so that you can really ask for that divine guidance. So I'm yeah. not just telling you what you should do, but that you discover that for yourself and then really can create tools for yourself that, that work. and That become your partners in life. Yes. It's just, oh. it's just mm. people. I've worked with some of my coaches for the last, I don't know, ten, seven, eight years, I think. And, and, and it's good. You just know. become your, your, yeah, the, the, your mentors, the, your companions, yeah. the collaborators. And, uh, you know, and the thing about our lives is to step into our lives, you know, step in and participate. We, we've lived much of our life by, again, that expectation. We're not participating. We're just doing. And, you know, when you truly participate and you immerse yourself and the way you talk about, you know, going to school and learning, that should be how you look at life in every way getting up every morning, whether you're tired or not, and look at the day and go, what has this day got for me today? Yeah. And just be open and ready to receive and go with the flow and enjoy the day because that's also seeding for tomorrow. And sometimes, you know, you just go to school and you open the door where there's a nice nap bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, you know what? Today we discover self-care. Maybe you need some extra yes. sleep, you know? Listen, it's listen to what you to need. What you need. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how do people get hold of you and what programs do you have for, for them right now? Mm -hmm. um, well, if anyone wants to check out the documentary, especially the trailer, it's thepowerofconnection.net. Uh, we have the team up and we have the description of what it is about the synapses and then the trailer up, which is awesome. And if anyone wants to contribute financial, we do have legal costs. So there's Yes, that. of course. Um, <laughs> Um, do you have a fund action, um, a fund uh, platform, donation platform? Yes, we have an Indiegogo. It's all on the website. There are right. links to to the, the fundraiser. Um, and my personal website is isabelhunt.com, H-U-N-D-T.com, um, where you can find ways of potentially working with me or even just connecting with me. I love just talking to people. You know, if people send me emails, I had one uh, incredible lady. She... <laughs> She listened to one of my interviews and she did not hesitate calling me. Mm -hmm. She left a message like, this really touched me. I just wanted to call you. And we had an incredible conversation for almost two hours. And it's so beautiful just to connect with people on such a level, even if it's just for those two hours or one hour, or even just 30 minutes or an email, you know. Um, I just love hearing those stories and, and people asking questions like, hey, I experienced this. What do you think about it? Um, it's beautiful and it's uh, powerful as well just to open doors for that kind of possibility for, for people to connect on that level. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, this is what the village is about. The village is only as strong as everybody coming together. Yes. You know, and that's even including the village idiot, which every village has one, but you know, everybody has a role <laughs> to play. And if that village is not working together, it's vulnerable to the outside detriments so the more that we bring to ourselves is the more that we come in service to each other and then the stronger that our community is going to be so if you are at that stage where well i'm not sure i'm worthy for this 
do it for your community. And at some point you will realize you're doing it for yourself, but just, just participate in your own life. Be willing to open up, be willing to let go, be willing to download what you need to know. Don't dictate it. No life by colors, you know, numbers and just experience it because that's really the gift of life, isn't it? Experiencing it good or bad, going with the flow, but always keeping your energy high. Yes. Discover the gift of curiosity. Yes. Curious George. Look what trouble it got him into. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, a little trouble now and again, as long as it's, you know, not detrimental. It's okay. We've also got to remember, which I think is something we, we forget. And this is why being around animals and children is so good for us to have fun. Yes. Do have fun. Don't take yourself okay. so seriously. Don't forget to be silly billies and just simply have some fun because that laughter is a wonderful medicine. The fun is that joy in life. And, you know, you want to get up every day and, and look at life and go, I'm ready to explore you, you wonderful day. Yes. And exploring yourself. Yes. Yeah. Don't forget to take you with you. <laughs> that's right that's very correct <laughs> because for wherever you go for the rest of your life you will be there so you may as well have someone you like to take with you do the work <laughs> you'll fall in love with yourself and then you'll take yourself everywhere with you and share uh, the experiences with yourself <laughs> i very much agree i couldn't have said it any better it's an inside job, folks. You know we're in partnership with our heart mind soul and spirit and body we are one and when we are in sync with ourselves and flow with ourselves and open with ourselves. You know, that beautiful vulnerability is also our protection. And we are just always guided, a lovely ball of energy around us and we're guided forward. It doesn't mean that there are, you aren't going to come across things that are unpleasant, but it means you're going to have the energy, the knowledge, the wisdom and the heart to deal with it and not let it cripple you. Yes. That's the strength of it. So thank you so much, Isabel. This has been wonderful to have you on here today. Thank you so much. It was great. And uh, we look forward to that documentary coming out. Obviously, I'll be reposting the show with the documentary when it does. I think it's something that everybody needs to see, even if you think, you know, I've done the work. You know, there's always something to learn, like out of a podcast. There might be just one thing that becomes your aha moment. Same with the documentary. There'll be something that will sit with you. So when it does come out, let's all go and see it. And if you want to support it right now, because everything does cost that thing called money. Um, You know, you're very enriched and very abundant, but unfortunately there's some people that only take cash. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and so get out there and support them and let's get this documentary out there because it is needed right now. It's needed forever, but it's specially needed right now so thanks isabel thank you and to everyone else out there remember caring kindness and love starts with you when it's within you it exudes from you and others receive it in the same light and energy until next time bye for now we hope you enjoyed the show we look forward to bringing you more shows please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.